Have you ever wondered how great ideas took flight? Maybe you're working on your own idea and you're trying to get it off the ground. The Takeoff is a podcast for the creative and the curious to be inspired by how others have made their ideas a reality. I'm Jenny Butler, and I'm inviting you to join me on this audio adventure. Are you ready for Takeoff? Welcome to the Takeoff Podcast with me, Jenny Butler. Thank you for being here and for listening. I really appreciate it. If you want to get in touch with me on Twitter and let me know if you like this podcast or any of the others that we have here recorded for you, you'll catch me on Twitter. It's at Radio J Butler. Again, thank you for being here. It's been a little while since I've uploaded an episode. Um, I'm very good at encouraging other people to just do it and get it done and follow your creative path. And really, I'm not the best at taking my own advice, but that's a common thread Uh, I guess, for a lot of people. This particular podcast episode is with Pauline Rodish. Pauline is a rapid transformational therapist and she is the founder of JustPause.ie. That's just P-A-U-S-E dot I-E. Pauline and I spoke about the many ways that what seems like a failure in your life or perhaps a poor decision at the time can have blessings that may not be visible to you for many, many years. We also talked about the courage that you need to create within yourself and call upon as an entrepreneur. And we spoke about Deepak Chopra, Marissa Peer, Renee Brown, Liz Gilbert, the amazing, incredible Dr. Maya Angelou, and lots of other people who inspired us along our path and whose wisdom and inspiration that we turn to when sometimes we feel that things might be a little off track for us. One quote that I particularly like by Elizabeth Gilbert is, You have to participate relentlessly in the manifestation of your own blessings. So wherever you are listening to this in the world, if you're working on an idea, if you're trying to bring creativity into a day job that isn't so creative, whatever you're doing, here's to you. Here's to the ideas that you'll create and the amazing work that you'll do. And I think, well, I hope that you'll agree after listening to this interview with Pauline that it's just an inspiring, amazing outlook that she has on life and on just, again, relentlessly participating in the manifestation of your own blessings. So as I mentioned, my co-pilot for today is Pauline Rodish. Pauline is a rapid transformational therapist. She is the owner and creator of Just Pause. She is also the owner of an adorable chocolate Labrador called Lola, who she's spending her time with today while she's working on her new book and her website. There's so much going on here that I'm going to throw this over to Pauline to explain a little bit about what she does and how she's kind of got to where she's at. But first of all, Pauline, thank you for being here and you're very welcome to the takeoff. Thank you so much, Jen, for inviting me. It's been, it's a pleasure to have talk to another um, Irish woman, a Dublin woman. Is that right? You're Dublin as well. Of course I am. Despite the accent, which we talked about previously before, <laughs> minutes ago, before hitting record on this, it's the mishmash accent where Canadians think I'm from Newfoundland and nobody else quite knows where. But yes, I am a dub at heart, so we'll go with that. Um, as I mentioned, Pauline, you're working away on the new website for JustPause.ie. You're also working on a new book. Can you take us back to the roots of everything? Where did your journey begin as somebody from, like, from what you work on, you help people. It's based around helping, empowering people. Where's the root of this? Where did Pauline, the inspirational, transformational therapist, come from? Um, there's no doubt about it. I've always been on a journey of inner discovery. I've always been asking questions um, of myself, um, very much related to what's it all about? Why am I here? And I'm the eldest of six children. So I grew up in Dublin with um, 
uh, uh, two wonderful parents, but my father, and they're both alive, thankfully, but my dad would be considered to be quite a strict, staunch Catholic. He himself, um, in between meeting my mother and then subsequently marrying her, took um, a little break, shall we say, and he went into a monastery, an enclosed order, so it was a silent order, and he became a monk, which, you know, really and truly probably suited him. But eventually, he came out. And a lot of those traits and desires remained. So we would have had a practice of praying daily, usually the rosary, and obviously attending confession and mass and everything. It was just, it was just that's what we had to do. There was really no negotiation. And I can recall, although I must admit, it didn't come back to me, this recollection, until 2008, when I was in a retreat in Dublin with my spiritual teacher, Deepak Chopra, that I subsequently went on to train with. It was during a meditation um, with, at the retreat that I got full recollection of what had taken place when I was about six. So when I was six, we were saying the family rosary. And at that point in time, there was only one of my siblings living. And I remember the scene extremely well. Um, the fire was burning behind my back. My mother was sitting on the sofa. I was kneeling beside her. My brother was playing and my dad was dutifully kneeling. And we had obviously a candle burning and a statue, etc. But I always remember having great resistance. And I also didn't like the fact that I was feeling somewhat resistant and maybe that was giving rise to a, an element of disrespect, which I didn't want to portray, but I still wanted answers. I knew back then that this couldn't possibly be the only way to be in this world to do this. It was just so alien and against what I believed inside. On this night, though, I clearly heard a message. I would be very clear audience, and I would also be very clear sentient. I don't see things so much, but I feel and hear very much so. It's always been there. And it was confirmed by my mother recently, actually, when she came to visit, that I was always babbling, as she would say in a corner for quite a while and always inquisitive. So the message was, there is another way. This came really truly back into my awareness in 2008 as I was sitting with 560 people in City West in Dublin. And it was the first time that Deepak Chopra had taken his signature retreat called Seduction of Spirit out of the United States. And there were people who traveled who'd never left their country and had come to Dublin for this. And because it was a daily meditation retreat and several times per day, this whole new awareness and insight came full circle. And I remember being highly emotional, highly charged, but also I found I had come home to something within me. This is only 10 years ago. I will be 54 in October and I've done many, many things in my life. When I was younger too, I had wanted to be a guard, a policewoman, and I, I fulfilled that. I also wanted to be an air hostess, and I achieved that. And I worked in the guards in Dublin for eight years. And I left it when nobody was leaving such a job. It was a 30-year contract. Nobody was leaving it. But I chose to, again, realize I cannot be who I want to be within this. And I still wasn't sure what I wanted to be when I grew up. But there I was in the guards, walking the beat in Dublin. I went in just after my 20th birthday. I found myself very restricted. Of course, it's an institution and very much um, you, you have to obey the laws yourself while you're implementing them. And there are guidelines there for us um, as law enforcers. And it's interesting because I've often joked um, that I went full circle. I, 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 I moved from being a law enforcement officer, a guard, a policewoman, no. to really what I feel I am today, which is a spiritual law teacher. 
And that really sits with me much, much better. So there has definitely been a thread. I help people to look back no more than I've done myself over the years. And I've joined the dots in my own life and saw this absolute thread to answer your question in a very long-winded way. But there's definitely evidence that it's people-related. I need to help people. I need to um, show people that there is another way. So there's the value of the message I received when I was six, that there is another way. So there's another way to know God. There is another way to be in this world. There's another way to live. There's another way to honor yourself, to express yourself, whatever that looks like. And I knew that if I was completely rigid in what I believed my upbringing could represent for me, that I would exclude a lot of people in my inner circle that I knew I didn't want to. I knew that I wanted to be a citizen of the world. I knew I wanted to have friends from every denomination, from different backgrounds, from different, you know, culture. And I've, I've honored that. I have friends from every diverse background with interests. And that, that makes me excited. And I, I really, really came full circle. And, and I'm now getting stronger and finding more courage within me, even at this late stage, you could say, in my life, um, of stepping into what I'm meant to do in this world. And I, I believe in my own um, opening within that, that I'm able to encourage others that it's never too late. It is never too late. And in fact, many things I did quite late in life, not always by choice, but by circumstances, becoming a mother for the one and only time at age 41 against many odds, you know, not least medical professionals guiding me and suggesting that that would not be something that I would ever realize. Yeah. I knew in my heart. I knew in my heart. Do you want to ask me something? Because I'm doing a lot of talking. I'm aware of that. No, you're good. I'm, I'm just, I, this is why I love this, doing this podcast. And for me, it's like, it's not about monetizing any of it because it's not, it's not why I set it up. Why I set it up is because as we talked about again, before we hit record on this, because honestly, we've been sitting here for anybody who's listening, we've been sitting here for a little while. We, I think we chatted for about 15 minutes before we went, let's hit record. We're getting some good stuff here. Um, I just love hearing just people's experience of story. And what you kind of, who you kind of remind me of in, in, in ways, I don't know if you're familiar with Elizabeth Gilbert. She's the author oh, of Pray Love. I love her. Yes. Yeah. And I, big, I, big fan. Yes. And me too. There's a quote that she has, which is that you have to participate relentlessly in the manifestation of your own blessings. And everything that you're saying, it's just, it's just everything that she comes through and the same with Deepak Chopra as well, who people will be familiar with as, as um, a regular, I guess, on Oprah's uh, show. Oprah really has championed Deepak and many other people have as well, but it might be where people will be most familiar um, with, with Deepak. But for me, I watched on, on your, your website, I watched um, Manifest Your Dreams, I think was what you called it. It's a YouTube video, which I'm sure people can find. I'll post a link in the show notes. When you talk about um, rehearsing your life, which I found really interesting. And again, this is something that Liz Gilbert, Deepak Chopra, lots of these people will mention constantly is participate in your life, participate in where you want your life to go. And do you find it like now that you're a leader in that, in that kind of realm and that you're a teacher and that you help people, how easy or difficult is it for you to bring the focus back to yourself rather than giving all of that energy to your clients? Do you find that difficult to strike a balance or do you find that you're at such a good place now? Or I don't want to answer the question for you by any means, but how does that work for you? No, it's a great question. And I mean, I've been on a journey where I've done, you know, healing work and Reiki and all of that. And I must admit, I would have been perhaps more drained at times um, in, in that space. 
Now, my, my main work is uh, on a day-to-day basis is as a rapid transformational therapist. And I trained in London with Marissa Peer, who many people know. She would be the UK's number one therapist. And of course, we use hypnosis. Hypnotherapy is part of it. Um, the focus absolutely is on the results. So I have the utmost confidence that I can help people get breakthroughs. And despite many of their journeys to arrive at places in their lives where they have huge issues and fears, I had some very, very difficult childhoods and upbringings that really, I have cried. There's no doubt about it. I've actually cried during sessions. I mean, very obviously that I'm crying. I'm still trying to speak to them, but I'm crying. And I actually sometimes tell people, you know, I get in, I do get caught up in the emotion, but I still hold that space for them. And my job is to help them get through to the other side. So I'm very focused on the result. I'm very focused on the freedom that I can offer these people when they see things themselves. So I'm not putting words in their mouth either, but I am guiding them and I'm assisting them to get the breakthrough. So that's where my focus lies. With the result, I am less drained. And when I feel naturally tired, it's a satisfactory tiredness that I've given to the level that I've helped make a difference. Yeah. And I find that I'm, I really offer a lot of education to clients that come to me because, yes, I follow Marissa Pierce's system. And yes, I follow Deepak Chopra's system in what I've trained with him in Seven Spiritual Laws of Yoga and in Primordial Sun Mantra Meditation. But I also bring Pauline Rodish to the table and to the therapy room and to the studio and to anything that I'm doing, retreats or workshops, yeah. anything that I'm doing, I'm bringing the essence of who I am, such as what Elizabeth Gilbert is talking about, your own gifts, talents, blessings. Your so own authenticity, exactly. Yes, you're flavoring it with your palate. You know, and my palate is made up of my life experiences. So, I mean, and I truly believe that people come to you that need you because we're energy. So I know that people that need me are drawn to me. I have great faith in that. I have great trust in that. Yeah. And so when somebody comes through my door, I feel blessed. And I actually... I'm very aware of clearing myself so that I'm as clean and clear a vessel as I possibly can be for anyone that comes to me. I, I mean, I usually respect people that invest in that, in, in that way with me because they're paying yeah. me and I take that very much to heart. So mm-hmm. I want them to get the results. But I'm in a place now where I know that when people do invest in coming for rapid transformational therapy or invest in retreats and workshops with me, that they're not getting um, a change in the time they're spending with me. It is a longer term experience. It's like I remember hearing for the first time many years ago, when you learn something, you cannot unlearn it. And even though sometimes they're getting a lot of information, as I would have received a lot of information over the years, and it might not have been appropriate at the time, but you might find yourself six months down the road or a year later thinking, oh, I know what that means now. Yeah, for me. And we're all awakening at different stages, but essentially that's what we're doing. We are awakening. And I like to say we are remembering. I sometimes think that I'm there to help people remember. And I find that I'm able to ask really good intuitive questions. And I do tune in very energetically. I have the benefit of having been the energy healer, the where I'm able to tune into people. And I think that's another reason perhaps why I left the guards, because I just couldn't help people the way I wanted to. I was restricted. Because of the nature of, I mean, some of my coworkers and colleagues would have said, Pauline, you're on the wrong side of this job. You need to be in social work or you need to be a counselor. So, I mean, you know, 
people saw that within me and I suppose that's essentially what I am now is that spiritual guide um, uh, therapist who can help people change rapidly like I really install in people that you don't have to live with this pain for the rest of your life you're only one decision away from deciding that's it I'm drawing a line in the sand today I am breaking this mold you know we think that because there's a history perhaps of a certain type of illness in the family that I naturally have it that is not true and we now know, and I wouldn't be an expert on it, but I know enough to say that there is such a thing as epigenetics. We now know that our genes can be changed with our thoughts. And again, it's all energy. So there's plenty of experts out there. I'm a great fan of Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I did a weekend seminar with him last September in Dublin. And he's a great man about talking about rehearsing your life, that we yeah. need to consciously live. So I like people to know that when you wake up in the morning, you have a whole day in front of you. It's like a blank slate. It's like a, you know, um, a blank page or um, an empty, what would you call it, canvas. And you create your life. But what I also want to add to that is that we're not on our own in the creation of our life. Because we all came from source energy, whatever you want to call it. For me, I'm very happy to call it God, loving energy that supports everything. It's not a, um, a guy in the, in the sky with a, with a white beard, as I might have thought once upon a time. It's energy that connects us all, that stops that separation. I knew that as a child. I knew that I couldn't possibly be just associated with one religion yeah. because that would have left so many other people um, you know, removed from me. And I, I knew that very, very young. And I remember having um, pen pals when I was in my teenage years, again, because I wanted to experience different cultures. I wanted to experience different languages. French was my best subject in school. I went nannying in France, au pairing as it was called then, when I was 19, just before I went into the guards. And I went to a wonderful professional family. They were both doctors, but English was very limited, which was great for me because I had to speak the French. So I, I, I loved that culture. And you know, I've just gone on to meet people from all over the world every different background and I in the end what I have because of that I recognize we are truly the same we all have the same needs we're so much more alike than we are different we just want love in our lives we want to be accepted for who we are we want to grow we want to learn we want to break free of the you know the armor that many of us have put around ourselves stopping us from expressing who we are yeah. and we're, we're very lucky if we meet people who encourage us you know, and I was just at a talk recently in Jigsaw in Galway. Um, I'm involved in Galway Network with some other women. And Jigsaw happens to be the charity that we are liaising with this year. And there was a wonderful talk. And they just brought, walked us through one of their workshops that they would teach to other adults. And it was a reminder that any child in this world just needs one good adult. And it doesn't always necessarily have to be the parent. Yeah. And again, I kind of always knew that. So um, I've always tried to be inspirational to children growing up. I've always adored children. And so that was why it was non-negotiable for me not to have one. And I have one, and he's only 12 and a half. And it was non-negotiable being told since I was 18, might I add, that I have great difficulty having children because I do have a child. I never stopped believing. I never stopped rehearsing what that was going to feel like. I held in my mind and in my mind and in my arms, I saw myself holding a baby, talking to a baby, raising a child. But I've always surrounded myself with children. Um, I have lots of nieces and nephews and friends with children. So I, I just love children. And I've worked with children in teaching yoga and children with special needs. And it's so incredibly rewarding. So I, I think it's important that we raise this generation, this younger generation, who are perhaps finding it more difficult than we did. Um, and I'm, I'm older than you, Jen. But I mean, there's a massive, there's a vast difference between my childhood and the childhood of my son. 
um, and what he's exposed to today, not least in terms of, of, of technology, but just the exposure to a lot more stuff. And yeah, absolutely. You know, and what the media is presenting. In a previous um, episode, actually episode number four, because um, you're going to be episode number five, I spoke to Lisa Toner, who's a colleague of mine when I used to work for HubSpot. Um, and she's also, she'd be a friend of mine. She's just one of these people who, when you meet her, she just has a really good energy. She's kind. Like when you meet her, the first thing I noticed about her was just kind. And I mean, that was probably in an introduction in the office in HubSpot, where she was probably really busy and doing all these different things. But kindness was the first thing I noticed about her. And I interviewed her. She, she came up with this idea for a subscription box. It's called Etch, E-T-T-C-H, and it's etch.org um, is the website for it. So what she does is subscription boxes for children and young adults and teen, teenagers, I guess. And just there's affirmation cards. There's, you know, worry boxes. There's all sorts of different things that can help them to understand like how to find their place in the world now but really for me when I was say maybe your son's age I didn't have all of those added pressures of you know when I left school that was kind of you know for the day if I was being bullied or picked on it it ended at the school gate because I went home but now there's so much more there's mobile phones there's online gaming there's all these different things that it's almost a constant and so I understand completely what you mean, and, and that's why Lisa is very passionate about helping kids and teens to understand their place in the world and how to combat these things. And just about self-awareness, but also self-esteem and finding you know, that your worth isn't defined by that, which I think is a more important message for kids nowadays as well, especially. But for you, like getting back, I suppose, to the moment that you felt like so you were in the guards, you kind of thought, mm, you know, maybe this isn't the best place for me to be you know, kind of fulfilling what it is that I'm supposed to do with my life. And from the guards, then what happened from there? So you've decided, at, you know, you spent your eight years, I believe you mentioned, um, as a member of Angarda Shikana and then decided, no. I had an opportunity. I actually um, applied for Aer Lingus, the national airline, and got it. But at the time, I refused to take it because it was less money than the guards and I would have had to move back home and I was quite enjoying life in Math Mines in a, an apartment sharing with some <laughs> other women. Um, so I then applied for British Airways. I had a cousin working for BA and I got it and over I went. So I spent 15 years with BA and again, British Airways offered for me the world. Whereas yeah. Erlingas at the time had a much, much fewer routes and I wanted to, I wanted to see the world. Yeah. And I must admit, I had already experienced earning money, so the backpack sort of way of looking around, going to, around the world wasn't appealing at the time to me. And I was seeing the world five star, I suppose, with BA. We were in the best of hotels, and it was just absolutely amazing. It was an amazing, amazing journey. I absolutely loved everything about it, except the jet lag, of course. But, <laughs> I mean, it was so incredible meeting people. It, it was just incredible. I just, obviously, you were excited meeting celebrities and royal family and everything. So I'd gone from, I suppose, essentially working with some of the worst criminals in Ireland, including terrorists, being side by side with them, to serving royal family members, not just the British royal family, but the Saudi and Danish, if I'm not mistaken, at the time, um, but lots of other people in between. So it was a really incredible experience. And again, that desire within me started to, you know, I, that was not fulfilling enough for me. It was just I got sick of myself, actually. I was so bored of me. I mean, I could literally, shops I dropped, 
uh, by fake Gucci and whatever else was going on, DKNY and in and out of all these amazing places, but I was empty. Um, I felt very, very empty. I also experienced my first miscarriage while I was working in the airline. And, you know, that, that put me on, that was the catalyst, if you like, that made me turn again and go back inside. So I kind of lost sight, I suppose, of my spiritual development, you could say, while I was on the airline kind of journey, if you like. But it was okay, everything happens for us. And um, I began to pay attention again. So it's about paying attention. And I started to look within, because that's where the answers are. And so that was wonderful. I, I sued that and then I joined Deepak in 2008 and became one of his yoga and meditation teachers. Now, I have to admit, I'm funny, I was only having a conversation with a client of mine this morning and I was telling her that if I had listened to the critic and the ego, the loud voice within, I would never have become that yoga teacher because at the time, I didn't think I had the body profile of what I believed to have been a yoga teacher. My son was two at the time. I still had evidence of having had him. And I didn't sleep particularly well because I was so scared of losing him, having you know, had a journey in, in, in trying to have him, that I, I used to wake him up nearly to think he was alive, you know, to make sure that he was alive at least. So I wasn't sleeping particularly well. So body shape-wise, I wasn't at my best. But I spoke to the director of the Chopra Yoga, who's Claire Diab. And she has since become an amazing friend of mine. And I remember her words distinctly. I said to her, I said, Claire, I don't think I can do this. I, said, I don't look like a yoga teacher. You know, I'm not as bendy or flexible as some of those other teachers. I'm not a vegan and I'm not to stop. She said, people need people like you to teach yoga and you will attract your own kind of people. And, and, and that's what sat with me more. It was I, I, when I turned it away from myself and I turned it to what can I do for other people? I got myself out of the way and I signed up and I've never, ever looked back. So off I went and did my training. And I, I remember having classes fully booked before I even got certified because I thought I have to set these classes in place. If I don't, I mightn't have the bottle to follow through. So I had already advertised that I was um, going to be teaching. And I remember I had 15 people in my first class. I opened a holistic center at the time, actually, uh, in Chewing County, Galway, where we had had our previous business, a food company, and my husband had moved his business to Athlone, but we still had the building. So we converted it into a holistic healing center. And I ran that for about three and a half years, and there was lots of other amazing therapists that used to come in. Um, eventually, that came to its natural conclusion. And I built a studio at home, and I've been working from home pretty much ever since. We took off to Australia for a couple of years and we're a full year back now. And that was an amazing experience. It didn't work out. And yet it did work out. So what might have been perceived as a big fail turned into probably one of the greatest lessons that we as a couple have had to learn. Um, we left the security of my husband's brilliant business, which he'd sold before he went away because he had outgrown it. And we... We went off to Australia, but I just could not get the work that I expected to get. I thought, well, I teach yoga. I'm a life coach. Um, I'll slot right in. But it didn't work out. And I won't bore you with the details, but it didn't work out there. But by golly, has it worked out? It has so worked out. You know, and I, it was my opportunity to put everything I'd learned into practice. I'm a great believer in walking the walk and talking the talk, and being evidence of what you teach. Yeah. And I really felt I was being put to the test. 
So while I did have my tears and I did have my meltdowns and I did kneel down on the ground and I lay on my back and I did, as Elizabeth Gilbert would say, it's her bathroom floor moment where you're just like, holy cow, what is going on here? And I did. And I said, God, what are you trying to show me? So I remember walking the beautiful beach in Burley and I had, I was tear stained with salt from my tears and salt from the ocean and it was all mixed up. And then on my good days where I was plugged into YouTube and listened to Marissa Peer and Deepak and Wayne Dyer and Maya Angelou and Oprah, and yeah. you know, filling my cup up the whole time, then I would be spontaneously talking to whoever would listen to me on a Facebook live, you know, divulging the wisdom and my filtered um, interpretation of it in terms of my own experience at the time. And yeah. I never really wanted to share too much of the negative stuff because I thought, well, what's the point in that? And another great teacher that I love is Brené Brown. Yes. And I remember doing one of her online courses and she said, you can never write from the, we should never write from the wound. We should write from the scar. And I kept thinking, I'm still wounded here. You know, maybe my ego is a little bit wounded but my heart is certainly wounded I'm missing my family I am missing giving to people that want me I just felt so absolutely useless and I felt rejected and I, I felt sad and lonely and I felt very alone and I was it was really time to reassess time to reevaluate so there was an awful lot of pausing hence the just pause element of my new business name which is really like the roof to everything that I do. Because mm -hmm. when clients come to me, I just get them, okay, just pause. Because I had to do it myself. What is this trying to tell you? So look for the lesson. What's trying to emerge from within you? There's something bigger happening here. We need to look and give that space to grow and develop. Um, you know, ask more powerful questions. Dr. Michael yeah. Beckwith, I'm a great fan of his, the Agape Institute, you probably know him too, Jen. Yeah. And he talks about the powerful questions. What is trying to emerge from, from, from this? You know, um, and then A Course in Miracles. What, am I willing to look at this differently? Yeah. So I had to look at my circumstances differently. And by golly, did I get the power. Within 19 days of making a decision, we were back in Dublin airport. Everything, cars sold, whatever else we could sell sold, a full container packed up again, everything done and dusted. Mm -hmm. and no regrets. Zero regrets. Financially, it was a complete disaster. Now, that's a very strong word, but it absolutely was. Now, that's also because we chose to live in a very beautiful neighborhood on the beach that costs money. My son went to a private school. It costs money. He was involved in golf that costs money. That was like a mortgage. So, you know, we weren't, we weren't slumming it and we could have easily moved back five miles, but I didn't want to live where there were more spiders and snakes, etc. We went to Australia for the ocean. And so I had the grace of, and the blessing of walking that beach every single day. And my son being educated in a beautiful way. It was an amazing education he got out there. My husband being exposed to something different. I mean, he's used to working for himself. He had to go in and work for a company um, that was different dynamics altogether. But we took the best out of it. We took the best out of it. We had, we, time was up. The money was running out. Time was up. And we had to then hit the pause button, reassess, reevaluate, and make a conscious decision to move forward. And we have shown resilience. We've shown the ability to bounce back. And it, there's absolutely no doubt about it. I have, I've always been an empathetic person, but I believe I have more empathy now because of my own sense of failure, my own sense of how I judge myself at times throughout that, but how I was able to pick myself 
very quickly because of what I know. So I, I don't know who said it there lately, but the self-help books or the shelf help books, many were taken off the, off the shelf. And I, re <laughs> I got the opportunity to reread because they collect dust. And I was always saying, don't let your books collect the dust. Open them again. You'll see something new in those books. Yeah. Pick up the knowledge. It'll mean something different to you today because you've grown, you're changing. You know, you're just, but it's about embracing life. It's about trusting that there is yeah. something great for us all to do. Absolutely. My go-to book is, um, I actually have it here because there's a little excerpt that I'm going to... I've got it. Wrote. Yes, Big Magic. I love Elizabeth it. Elizabeth Gilbert's it. Big Magic, for those of you listening yeah. to the podcast, obviously. Um, this book was written, the British version was released in 2015 and I bought it over in Dublin, so I'm guessing that's the version that I have. I don't know if it was released a year earlier in the States. This book, just like you said, is one of those books that I come back to every time I have what I like to call maybe a crossroads or so today, what I did was I took out this book, which is Elizabeth Gilbert's uh, Big Magic, Creative Living Beyond Fear. And I decided I was going to grab a coffee and randomly pick a page. I picked a random page and I remember the page that I picked because it's, it's open now. And it happened to be the start of a chapter called Hungry Ghosts. So what you said about ego earlier on and putting things aside is a piece in this which says an unchecked ego is what the Buddhists call a hungry ghost forever famished, eternally howling with need and greed. And some version of that hunger dwells within all of us. I looked that up while you were talking because it just struck me as something that I had also read this morning. But I think failure in a really weird way can probably be a blessing or what you perceive as a failure. And for you, getting to where you are now is where you're at with, you know, getting to where you're going with the new website, with the new book, with everything that you're doing. The failure in any respect of what might be, I guess, considered a failure, almost is like as if you're, you're have a little savings bank of things yeah. that build up and one day, it's all just gonna go, boom, this makes so much sense, this is what I'm doing now. And it's like a continuous involvement of self, if you wanna call it that. Which I know, like, I think Deepak and, and Oprah and lots of these lovely people will say quite a bit. The takeoff moment for you, would you say it was when you were just, walking the beach in Australia, as you mentioned, the, that real visceral image of just the, you know, the salt from your tears with the salt from that beautiful ocean in Australia. Was that your moment? Yes, and there were several of those, I'm afraid. But it, 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 it was just, um, I was putting the effort in as far as I was concerned. I was putting, um, I was doing the marketing as best I could. I was networking and I did meet some wonderful people. And I did get the opportunity of teaching yoga, but nothing like what I wanted to. I did get the chance to coach, but again, not on the scale that I wanted to. Um, it was though, but my head was turned because in investigating myself further, it led me to Marissa Peer because of what I was feeling at that point, I'm not good enough. And of course she has a whole YouTube video on the whole subject of I am enough. And, um, and that would be the, the underlying um, feeling that most of us have, most people share that, that they're not enough. And under the label of I'm not enough, I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not rich enough, I'm not attractive enough, I'm not this enough, I'm not that enough, I don't live in the right place, I don't wear the right clothes, I haven't got the right title, etc. So that's what led me to her. And then, of course, my ears were open, my eyes were open, my heart was open. And then I said, oh, my God, this is the tool that I need to help people. I've been helping people for years. Yeah. But I've helped people get from A to B as a coach. But 
great, they're there. And the next thing is something triggers them and they fall backwards. I thought, what can I do about that? Yes, I can do a healing session. Yes, I can do an angel card reading, but it's not changing things. And I didn't understand. And I didn't even understand perhaps at the time why I would also sabotage myself and resist the things that I knew could help me. And then I recognized the power of the mind. Now, I was fascinated with the mind all along, but again, like many people, I thought it was way too complex and I needed a degree or a PhD to understand it. Yeah. But Marissa Pierce said, hang on a minute, guys, it's not that complex. There's only two things to know about your mind. It's only ever responding to the words that you say and the pictures and the images that you create. And I thought, okay, what am I saying? And what am I, what, because of course, words create pictures. So it all boils down to our words, which effectively are our thoughts, spoken and unspoken. Yeah. So I thought, I can do this. I can get this. Would I fulfill the criteria? What do I need to be trained with this woman? So then I started to explore that. And then I looked to see, was she coming to Australia? There wasn't a sight of her coming to Australia. I also realized I had just missed her training in the UK. Not that I could have afforded it then because I had just come back from a, a, an amazing training with Lisa Nichols. I you familiar with her. Yes, yes. I, I, I did her Speak to Write um, uh, seminar, which was absolutely amazing. So yeah. going back to the UK um, wouldn't have been possible at that time. So in May, when we finally made our mind up that we were coming home, um, I, I checked again Marissa Peer's website, and she had miraculously, miraculously, because I love miracles and I believe in them, mm. added, added a training in the UK the end of June. Now, we landed in Dublin on the 10th of June. Two weeks later, I'm over in London, training with Marissa Peer. And that is just, to me, divine timing. It's everything I was working towards. I mean, I even feel emotional saying this to you because I remember how I felt at the time. I remember feeling so incredibly sad and at times hard done by. There was definitely self-pity going on. There was a, my own little pity party happening at times. But I, I wouldn't sit in that long because I don't have patience for that with myself, especially. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't have much patience with other people either because I say, don't sit there because you're missing out on all the other messages that you need to be hearing. Don't go into that pity party because, come on, this is trying to tell you something. Let's find what it's trying to tell you. Yeah. So, of course, off I go and I just am blissed out and trained. And I will tell you, hands down, I am helping people. And that is why I don't get drained of energy i might be physically tired but it's because i'm working like anybody else would do regardless of what you're doing it is incredible and i teach yoga every week as well so i'm physically working i walk every day so i'm naturally going to get tired and i'm trying to run a household here and do all the other chores that any mother would do and wife so you know it's because people are getting results people are getting light bulb moments like in many instances once one session is what it will help a multitude of issues, but it does genuinely depend on the person and the issues at hand. But the one thing I feel is guaranteed when you do a rapid transformational therapy session is that you are no longer the same person afterwards. You have shifted. You have cleansed. The words I hear from clients, I'm lighter. I feel cleansed. I feel freer. I feel clearer. I feel, wow. And then others will say, I, I think I need to process that a little bit more. But after a few days, because everybody's different, after yeah. a few days, inevitably, they're beginning to see. And I do a review with everybody from 21 days to 30 days afterwards, because it takes 21 days to listen to the recording that I make for them. It's a hypnotic recording. The reason, it, a lot of people refer to it as a meditation, actually, but it is a hypnotic recording at the beginning of every 
time the person sits down to listen to it, they are being induced into the hypnotic state, which is just a trance-like state. Familiar When you've daydreamed or meditated, it's the same kind of thing. And because that's happening every time they listen to it, they are reprogramming their minds. They are changing the neural pathways. They're actually changing the structure of their brain, neuro, neuroplasticity. They are changing the chemistry in their brain. And then they are becoming this new habit because I am very clear about getting them to tell me what they want for themselves. And I feed that back to them in their recording. So they're hearing it every single day. This is who I am. I am amazing. I am good enough. You know, the past is not me. It's eradicated, released, erased. I am now moving towards greater confidence. I am approaching people. I can have eye contact with people. My self-esteem is rising. And You know, it's just incredible. Yeah, And so that's when I knew I had found that I have, that is the tool that makes the difference because you're changing people on the subconscious level. Yeah. And they're able to find out where their issues started because they go into their subconscious memory bank. They look at it anew. Yes, they can bring, give rise to uh, emotion, but I, I always say to them, you're only ever reviewing. You can never relive anything. So yeah. we need to go there. We need to go there. We need to take a little bit of this poison like you would an inoculation if you're getting you know, a vaccination, you have to take a little bit of the poison in order to build up your immunity to it. So we have to look at it again sometimes, painful as it might be, in order to free ourselves, extricate ourselves from it and no longer be a prisoner of the past. I mean, that is available to us. I think so many of us get stuck and then we feel that shame and blame and guilt, you know, and we think this is it. I said that horrible thing 10 years ago to that person. I can never forgive myself and I'm, I'm tainted. And therefore, how can I go out there and, and, and help somebody else? You know, I, I'm, I'm a fraud. I'm an imposter. And that's not true. We're human. We make mistakes. But we're not, we don't have to live with those mistakes forevermore. We can forgive ourselves. Of course, forgiveness is huge. It's like you were saying um, a couple of moments ago. It's, it's, you're just one decision away from changing that. I guess a point of contention for a lot of people is if you feel that you've let people down or I'm the type of person that would remember things from when I'm in school. Now I'm 31. So I'm out of school. I've graduated in 2004. You'll think back to times where I'm like, Oh my God, when I was 16 years old, 17 years old, I said that thing to that person and I will remember the moment. I will remember the situation. I can nearly hear comings and goings of people or wherever it was. And I'll remember that moment. And this is something that Liz Gilbert also talks about. And it's brought up in the movie. If you guys haven't read the book, you pray love, but you might've seen the movie, uh, which I love still, which it's one of those things where it's like book versus movie. Yes, the book is always going to be a little bit better and a little bit more in depth, but I thought that movie did it great justice with Julia Roberts as, as uh, Liz Gilbert. But there's a point in that where it's about understanding that when that emotion rears its head, that you greet it, you acknowledge it, and then you let it go. The whole point is that instead of just piling it on to all the other stuff that you deal with and saying, you know what, I've made this, you know, backpack full of rocks for myself now. I'm just going to add another one in and I'll keep trudging through my life with this backpack full of rocks, gathering and gathering. If you just acknowledge it and go, you know what, at the time, the person who I was mightn't have dealt with that the right way. But the person who I am today acknowledges it, understands it, and is letting it go. I think that's a huge, huge lesson for people to learn. And it's something for me that I try to do. Don't always manage to do it, but I try. But I think for, especially for you, with launching the new website, um, justpause.ie, and it's P-A-U-S-E.ie, and the book is forthcoming as well. 
again, even just the message of the name of that. When things are going wrong, press the pause button and almost take yourself as if you were a video editor and you were editing this section of the movie of what your life is. Try and just take yourself out. I call it the Google Earth reverse zoom. So imagine if you've got Google Earth and you're like really zoomed in, zoom out on your browser of your life and look at it and go, where is this going? And I think everything that you've mentioned really speaks to that. And I'm sure the new website and the new book will also really enforce that and bring that home and really continue to help people. You also have the spiritual femme movement, which um, I believe there's an event coming up, which I read on that page, which I think is in Galway from the 28th to 30th of September, Self-Love Women's Retreat in Galway. It is, actually. Thank you for mentioning that. Actually, spiritual spam um, is just something that came to me through meditation there some time ago. And it's in its infancy, to be fair. It does need a little bit more love and a little bit more attention. Um, but I think I'm going to be incorporating it now in this new change within this business structure. Mm-hmm. But I actually ran my very first women's retreat in April at Delphi in Connemara. Mm-hmm. And I called it The Phenomenal Woman because I love Maya Angelou. And she wrote yes. an amazing poem called The Phenomenal Woman, mm-hmm. hence the title. And, you know, maybe in marketing terms, it wasn't the best chosen language, mm-hmm. shall we say. But for me, I always seem to have to explain things. I mean, even with the Just Pause, P-A-U-S-E, and even my last website, Advea Truth, it's the Sanskrit word for truth. I always just seem to have to explain things, but that's okay. Um, it's obviously what I'm here to do as part of being a teacher. So Phenomenal Woman, it is for women. And it's called a self-love retreat. And it's a journey back to loving the self, the self with the capital S. Um, and it's very much a spiritual journey. People don't necessarily know that when they go there. And I have to admit that I was blessed to have 12 women on my first retreat. It was very intimate. It was perfect. It was absolutely perfect. The um, interaction was absolutely incredible. And it inspired me to run it again. So I'm doing it again in September, again in Delphi, because it's magnificent out there. Um, You are genuinely cut off Wi-Fi-wise, very limited. And so it is a retreat. And a retreat essentially means stepping back, pausing, stepping back from, you know, the norm, if you like, the chaos, the the busyness of our lives and taking stock, re-evaluating. And I love the word re-evaluating. It's a big key word in everything that I do because the word value is within it. And it's where you see yourself as being of value, regardless of what we're doing. It doesn't matter. I mean, some people, I mean, I have women that came on the last retreat that are not working outside of their home. They're, they're a stay-at-home mom. And sometimes they don't necessarily see the value in that. But I don't think it matters what we're doing. And equally for people who are in jobs in inverted commas or about to embark on, a, on their own business, but they're stuck and they're not really happy with what they're doing. It's recognizing that, how can I look at it differently? But knowing that everything matters, everything that we're doing matters and has a place in teaching us, uh, being of service, seeing your value in how we can contribute and what we're currently doing. I always love Muhammad Ali's quote, if I'd been a road sweeper, I would have been the best. So, you know, no matter what we're doing, even if it's not what we want to do forevermore. And I mean, I was like that in the guards. I mean, I worked, I'm working since I'm 13, you know, in, in, in the local flower shop and, and grocery shop. And, you know, I would always do things to the best of my ability. And so even in the guards, I did it to the best of my ability. And I realized that I'm just not doing this a service anymore. I, I need to get out because I'm not contributing anymore the way I should yeah. or could. And so on and so on. So it's recognizing the value in who we are. So self-love is really seeing that and reviewing your life and remembering how amazing you are. And just giving yourself 
a chance to to really um, cleanse ultimately, meditate, yoga, visualization, eating lovely food, um, beautiful accommodation. Um, and as far as I'm concerned, it's, it's a small investment really. Um, anything that I've ever participated in in terms of retreat has cost me far more. Yeah. I ha- I'm keeping the cost down as much as I can. If somebody wants to be on their own, and I, I understand that a lot of people want to be on their own, it's 525 euros for absolutely everything, which is your accommodation, your two nights um, in a beautiful room, um, all your meals, two evening dinners, of course, breakfast, lunches, and the workshops, and access to the spa, and just you know an opportunity to really connect with yourself and nature and yeah. God and spirit. And if you want to share, it's 425. So it's yeah. just the extra 100 to be on your own. But it's lovely to share with a friend or a sister or a partner or whatever, you know. It might be nice as well for people, maybe, you know, maybe like a mother and daughter or somebody who wants to reconnect with each other. You know, because life gets in the way, especially if you have, you know, if you have children of your own and then your relationship with your own mother changes as you raise your own children. A lot of people, I don't have children, but uh, a lot of people would say, you know, you realize you nearly sometimes will turn into a version of who your mother was and then... I don't know. I have a lot of friends who have kids and they say that it's, it's that part of that parenting journey. And maybe it would be lovely for you to take that time with your mom or your sister or your friend or anybody. And yes. take that, that time out that you just don't get. Um, that's from the 28th to the 30th of September in Delphi in Galway. How can people find out more about that? Or how can people go ahead and just book themselves in for this? Well, it's on my Facebook page, Rapid Transformational Therapist. Um, if you like, I can send you the link to that. Obviously, with this new website, it's not complete, but it is on my old website. That's still functioning and it's, it's out there. So I can send a link to that as well. So what we'll do is um, I'm going to put these notes up for everybody who's listening. They will be in the show notes, which you can access through SoundCloud. Um, this will also automatically go through then to Apple Podcasts and, of course, Stitcher. So anybody who's listening on any of those platforms, if you can't see them clearly, the, the links in Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, you will clearly see them in the SoundCloud version. So check that out if that's what you want to do. Pauline, it has been unbelievably amazing to speak to you. And I really mean that. Um, I think this conversation, I'd be happy to chat with you for hours on end. I'm sure I'll meet you in person at some point um, through the Women's Inspire Network that we're actually both part of. If anybody is listening about that, the Women's Inspire Network founded by uh, the Tweeting Goddess, at Tweeting Goddess on Twitter, funnily enough, um, Samantha Kelly. She founded this incredible, inspiring group called Women's Inspire, funnily enough, um, which you can join, um, the Women's Inspire Network. It's on Facebook, but there's also the members group, which you can join through the website. I'll leave a link to that as well if anybody was interested in that. We chat about all sorts of things. We offer all sorts of advice to people. It's an incredibly enriching community to be part of and it is how I ended up being introduced to Pauline which I'm which I'm very grateful for thank you Sam for Likewise. And another awesome networking opportunity what's next Pauline I know that you're working on the website you're working on the book that's going to be the next couple of months of your life I suppose just figuring yes. out well I actually have set a date finally this book was started 23 years ago in Darling Harbour in Sydney and never came to completion there will be uh, obviously I suppose there'll be something <laughs> of the original uh, idea in this book but um this is happening now i set a deadline for launch on the 10th of october which is my birthday this year and it actually coincides with women's inspiring network in dublin so i've had permission from samantha i'm actually going to um have my own stand and i'm going to launch there as well on the 10th of october so that's keeping me accountable and i think it's important to set you know set deadlines for yourself Absolutely. 
the book is about the importance of pausing a set, a lot about what I've spoken about. And um, then I am hopefully going to have more opportunities of speaking publicly um, on my chosen subjects, which is all about helping people see that there is another way for them to be in this world. There's another way to live, another way to know God, another way to express themselves yeah. and to forgive themselves and to move forward and, you know, and, and not to be stuck. So obviously more speaking opportunities. I just joined the professional speaking association as well. Brilliant. So, yeah. You know, I'm actually doing myself what I've always wanted to do. So it is, it's possible. It's, it's, it's nothing to do with age or anything like that. It's just go for it. It's just, it doesn't matter. I, 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 I retirement, I could have been retired twice from the two careers I was in. And retirement is not my vocabulary. I, uh, I feel, I don't know whether it's because of a 12-year-old son, but I feel very young. I feel very energized. I feel there's so much to do. Yeah. I can't wait to do it. And this year is very important for me, though. I need to get this foundation, the foundation being this correct business model, um, one that I can do you know, 100% well, and the book to support that, um, speaking opportunities, continue teaching, continue helping clients, and then who knows? Yeah, I, I do trust that I will be guided. Absolutely. And I think, again, you know, speaking to what we've we talked about a few minutes ago in this podcast episode, even the fact that you mentioned, you know, 23 years ago, I started this book. 23 years ago, you didn't know that you'd be where you are right now. But there you were laying the foundations for something that 23 years later, you were going to support a new business venture, a new idea and a new, you know, a new continuation, I guess, of the evolution of who you are as a person and, and what you offer to other people. Reminding people, those creative outlets, those things, save them in a Google Doc. Save them somewhere yes. so they can go back, which I'm a big fan of. I just have stream of consciousness thoughts in random Google Docs. But I know eventually years down the line, I'll go back through those and there might be some nugget or gem that I'll, that I'll like. But Pauline, I know I'm going to meet you in person, which is going to be amazing. I am hoping to make it to the Women's Inspire event in October. Um, to be there for the book launch as well, which will be fantastic. If anybody wants to get in contact with you or if anybody wants to speak to you about the rapid transformational therapy or any of the other wonderful things that you do, how can we contact you? Probably the best email is info at paulinerodish.com. And obviously my surname is difficult, R-O-H-D-I-C-H, but perhaps you can put that. Absolutely. Yep. Thank and, you. Uh, Our face, and again, on Facebook, you know, a lot of people message me directly. Um, it's probably the easiest way. Fantastic. Thank you very, very much for this. I really appreciate it. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you even before we started hitting record. It's just been an absolute pleasure to meet you and get to know a little bit about more about what you do. I'll leave you to go back. Poor Lola is probably sitting looking at you going, it's supposed to be your day in the garden, mom. Yes. The way is the chocolate Labrador that we referenced at the start of this. Um, Pauline, take very good care and please keep in touch. And when you launch the book, hopefully I will be at the event, but please just keep in touch. And anytime that you want to come back on and chat about what you're doing, it would be my absolute pleasure to, to have you. Well, likewise, Jen, I really enjoyed it too. So thanks for the opportunity. Thank you.